What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanez Now archived as well on the Nuanez Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Hello, welcome in. What's up, everybody? Snuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday afternoon. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. As always, a ton to get to today. We're going to keep talking about what I think is just huge news when it comes to the Class AA State Tournament returning to Missoula. It's been almost 20 years. I had to fact check myself, so we'll go tripping down memory lane just for a minute. We also have a continuation of a conversation from yesterday. I've now gotten a chance to see the Grizzlies once and the Bobcats once on the football field over the last couple weeks. That's the least I've ever watched these two programs during spring football. But that's also part of uh, just the sign of the times, just the way that things have gone from an access perspective, from a timing perspective, from a, a roster construction perspective. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for it. I won't bore you in all the logistics of why we didn't go down there as much as we usually do. Other than to say, though, it was great taken in you know, about two hours of football on each side uh, of the Great Divide over the last couple weeks. And so uh, even though it's not a huge sample size, it's certainly a sample size. So we're going to do a little comparing and contrasting. Position by position, how does Montana and Montana State stack up against each other? It comes with a caveat because, of course, both teams run completely different schemes and, and both teams 
have have totally different identities and ways that they want to have success, they want to be successful. But I still think we could break it down in terms of how each position group fits in or uh, the personnel that exists in each, depending on the scheme that both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies run. So we'll do a little breakdown position by position and give an edge to each one. And at the end, we'll see uh, who comes out on top because, as you know, the rivalry never ends. So might as well talk about Cat Grizz football here uh, in late April. Why wouldn't we? We also have a, the debut of a fun guest, Jaden Green. He's been having an outstanding year here at the University of Montana. He is a hurdler and a sprinter, and a lot of Grizzlies have seemed to have taken well to new head coach Doug Fraley at the University of Montana track and field program. M- Montana's track and field program Fell on some hard times after the the parting of ways with Brian Schwain and sort of being in the... They were just sort of in this purgatory where Clint May was the distance coach. Then he got thrown into being the head coach, but he only really had experience as a distance guy. And it just resulted in uh, some disappointing results for the Grizz as, as a whole in terms of track and field. But they're they're better. They've, they've, they've inched up a little bit. They did better during the indoor championships this last year. And now they've had some standout marks during the outdoor season. And the young man who's leading the way for the Grizz men's track team, well, there's a couple of them. There's a couple outstanding javelin throwers. But also, Jaden Green, an outstanding sprinter and hurdler, he'll join us in studio. He was able to fit it into his schedule. So about 4.30, Jaden will be on the show with us. So that'll be fun. We also have our Treasure State Stars for the week, highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. And then hour number two, we're going to have some fun. In the uh, most recent issue of Sports Illustrated, they did uh, just these one-liner bold predictions for every team in the NFL. I'll tell you that they're bold. (laughs) We were just all looking, me and myself, Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford, we were all looking at these and just laughing at pretty much all of them at how ridiculous they all are. And, And I was going off about one or two. Jeff was going off about one or two. So then I decided, well... Rather than us go off on the studio about how stupid all this stuff is, let's just do it on the radio. So we're just going to play a game. We'll probably do this for a couple weeks because I, I highly doubt we're going to be able to get through more than maybe a third or a quarter of these uh, each time we do this. But here's the game. They will read me one of the stupid predictions. I, I shouldn't say stupid. One of the bold predictions. And this game is just going to be called Smart or Dumb. Is the is the the bold prediction smart or is the bold prediction dumb? I think that uh, you're already getting the gist that we're going to have uh, multiple that fall on the uh, the latter side here that we don't think are very good bold predictions. But it will stimulate conversation. It'll get us talking about the NFL with the NFL draft on the horizon. I also was going to try to fit in our Treasure State's best, which is some of our best track and field performances from the high school ranks today, but. I believe, I think barring a rescheduling, and I'll have to double-check on this, but I, I believe that the Rush, Russ Pilcher Top 10 meet, named, named for the uh, the legendary high school track coach there at Missoula Big Sky, also a guy who was a weight training and strength and conditioning coach there at Big Sky Forever guy. I took many a weight training classes from during my Big Sky days. Uh, the Top 10 meet's a really fun one. They invite kids with the Top 10 marks in the western part of the state to come compete against each other, and I believe that's today. So um, we'll wait till that meet plays out because I guarantee you we're going to have some elevated 
times in the world of high school track and field. So instead, of course, we're going to talk some NBA. Jimmy Butler, I'm not going to say took all my money last night because I was not not foolish enough to just bet on the Bucks. I also had an independent bet in case the zombie heat came back from the dead once again. And by the way, I have never had so much egg on my face for my NBA takes that I do right now, all because of Jimmy Butler and the heat. I, I, I proclaimed the heat dead before the play-in round, the play-in games began. Then the heat looked like utter trash during the, the play-in game against Atlanta. So I thought there was no way they're going to get in. I thought they're going to roll over and die against the Bulls. So I, I you know, I put a, a Andrew Jackson on the on the Bulls to beat the Heat. Now nope, that egg on my face. Then Giannis Antetokounmpo goes down in Game One, and the Heat steal that one. But then they just kept coming, and I don't know what it is that Jimmy Butler got, has inside of him. I actually am a big time Heat fan because I think Jimmy Butler is just the man. I think he's a dog. I know that there's the criticism that he's a handful in the locker room sometimes. He can be a malcontent. He also sort of slogs his way through the regular season now that he's into his mid-30s. But guess what, dude? When it gets to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. This dude's absolutely balling. Last night, he was out of his mind. That's the best game Jimmy Butler's ever had as an NBA player, and he's a multiple-time All-Star. He had 56 last night against the Bucks. So that put some egg on my face. But... I did get the Lakers one right. I know it took overtime, uh, but that was a great game and went back and forth all the way down the wire. And uh, now the Lakers, a commanding 3-1 lead. I've been telling you about the Lakers. Guys behind the glass were hating on me. You texters were hating on me. The callers were hating on me. I've been telling you that the Lakers were coming, and now here they are, about to knock out the two seed. So we'll go through some NBA stuff. There's also three games tonight, uh, including... Three games with a chance for uh, eliminations. And I hope that all three go according to plan, not only for my uh, my bets, but also just because um, the, the NBA is so perplexing because there's, there's probably about, I don't know, two dozen teams in the league that come in with realistic expectations of being good to great. And then... Because so many teams make the playoffs, now 20 teams make the playoffs, so you have a lot of teams that are making the playoffs or the play-in games that have that that have that failed to meet the expectations that they thought they had going into the year. Minnesota's one of those teams. Atlanta's one of those teams. The Clippers are one of those teams. Watching the slow death of these teams, I just can't wait for it to be over. If I don't have to watch this iteration of the T-Wolves play ever again, I, that would be good. I also don't know what the heck Atlanta is doing. There's a reason their coach got fired in the middle of the year. They they have pieces, but it makes me so happy because it's affirming to me of what I know to be true when it comes to basketball. You have to have roster continuity. It's not just about having great individual talent. Those players have to be able to play together and so, so we'll go through all of that and get you set up for some of the those elimination games uh, in the NBA. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, please call or text Jeff's man on the board today, or at least for the moment at this moment in time, and uh, he can forward the texts along to me on my telephone machine, although I don't know if my telephone machine is in the studio right now, but that's okay. Still text, and, and uh, we'll get around to it. We have... 
we have two hours. So, you know, next break I can go get the, the telephone machine. But either way, uh, call us or text us, 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to stream the show, you always can on the ESPN MT app. And you always can on 1029ESPN.com as well. Coming up on the ESPN MT app, not only can you follow along this show live and archived anytime, anywhere, but you also can follow along to the upcoming PNCLL lacrosse tournament. We have been broadcasting Grizz lacrosse all season long, and, and Jeff Safford's been the voice of that. He's been doing a great job calling those games on the ESPN MT app. And... Now, we are not only going to be calling the Grizz at the PNCL tournament, but we also will be calling some of the other games during that tournament as well. So you'll be able to take in all the action. The, uh, the winner of that tournament will get the um, automatic qualifier to the MCLA national tournament. So we're into the postseason for Grizz Lacrosse. Uh, those guys take off, I think, on Thursday, or maybe Friday morning. Uh, Tucker Sargent will join us on Thursday. That's why I had Thursday in my head. Tucker Sargent, uh, head coach of Grizzly Cross, will join us on Thursday. So we'll break down the the Grizz postseason uh, hopes and aspirations coming up as well. But to get that ESPN MT app in your life. Yesterday, when I was doing the rundown, uh, the MHSA yesterday released where and when all the state tournaments for high school sports will be next academic year. So that's the 2023 2024 school year. A lot of it was just standard status quo. You know, all-class volleyball will be in Bozeman once again. All-class wrestling will be in Billings once again. All-class swimming will be in Great Falls. The ones that are always interesting, though, are the golf tournaments, because those move around to different courses in different towns, obviously. And the venue is more impactful than any other sport because the courses are so much different throughout Montana. And then it's always interesting to see where the basketball tournaments land because high school basketball state tournaments certainly uh, draw a ton of interest, draw a ton of fans. And uh, it's always a big boon for the communities that get them because they do bring in a bunch of people as well. Well, the Class AA tournament for boys and girls basketball was awarded to Missoula. And I proclaimed on the show yesterday that I did not believe that there had been a double-A state tournament here in Missoula since I was in high school. Now, I'm about to be 36 years old, so that was a long time ago. Uh, I've stat-checked myself, fact-checked myself, and it's true. The last double-A boys' state basketball tournament that was in Missoula was my junior year of high school in the spring of 2004. I remember it so vividly because it's one of my great sporting memories. Now, you know, yours truly... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I got to suit up for varsity that year, but I, I wasn't getting any playing time. I was I, I was a, a, a great practice contributor and a, a great supporter of my guys, right? But I, I definitively remember it because we at Big Sky, we made the tournament. We actually won a play-in game at Helena Capital, and we were sort of this underdog team. And then we took it all the way down to overtime against Great Falls CMR, and... Our outstanding point guard, Stephen Thomas, who went on to have a great career at Montana Tech, he uh, got called for a foul that was supposed to only be his fourth foul. It was his... uh, They they, they ruled it as his fifth foul. So then he was out of the game, and, and CMR ended up pulling away. I remember being so heated about this. I remember 
saying I was going to write a column for the student newspaper. <laughs> you know, get it out the very next day. Heated 16-year-old uh, Coulter. But we felt a little better when CMR went on to win the, the state championship. But I'll never forget that state championship game. This was also the last state tournament at the AA level where it wasn't co-hosted, where it wasn't the boys and the girls. The next year was the first where the boys and the girls were at the same venues in Billings that year. And, and Missoula Hellgate famously won it. That was one of the great teams of the 21st century here uh, in Montana. But uh, no girls tournament there. But it was also just such an unbelievable environment for the state championship game. CMR was gunning for their fourth state title in five years. They had a stacked team with a bunch of guys who went on to play college football like Jason Goodman and Ryan Bagley and Royce Fulp. And uh, they played against this upstart Butte team that hadn't made the state tournament in probably 15 years. And that Butte team was led by Colt Anderson, who went on to have a great NFL career. They also had great guys like Chad Jonart and Tony Trudnowski and Casey Briggs. Both teams, really good, really solid teams. I remember those those games vividly, or those, those matchups vividly. And then the state championship, the Adams Center was sold out. It was packed to the gills. So that's all to say... Double-A tournament coming back to the Missoula for the first time in 20 years. It's a big deal. I checked through the archives. The, all, the archives only go back to 2002. I couldn't find any evidence of the double-A girls tournament being in Missoula. So this is an even rarer occasion. And it's the first time Missoula has ever hosted the double-A tournament when it's both boys and girls. So I thought it was a, worth noting and a, and a historic deal and uh, happy to have it here uh, in Missoula. But I digress. Let's talk some Bobcat and Grizz spring football. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. First of all, I remind you, the main evaluation here is how each personnel group fits into the scope of the off, of each team's offense, each team's defense. So there, there is a personnel comparison here. But like, let's just, let, we'll just get into it because you'll, you'll see what I'm saying in terms of comparing and contrasting the position groups for Bobcat football, Grizz football. Tommy Mallott is an outstanding fit, and I would dare say an almost perfect fit for the spread option style offense that Montana State wants to run. So is Sean Chambers. Sam Bidlack could be the perfect fit for what the Grizz want to run if the Grizz let it let him cut it loose and uh, let it rip. Now, traditionalists, quarterback gurus would say, well, Sam Bidlack is objectively better at playing true pocket-passing quarterback than either Tommy Millot or Sean Chambers. I would agree with that. But I'm just analyzing this based on who is better to fit their offense. So our first position group comparison, I'm just saying it's TBD. I'm calling it a draw. Because I think Millot, I mean, Millot's going to be an all a preseason all-conference guy, so is Sean Chambers. That's rare to have two quarterbacks on your roster. You can say they're just glorified running backs. You can say that they struggle to throw the ball. Guess what? It doesn't matter. When you can snap the ball to athletes like that and they have the ball skills beyond just throwing that those two guys have, you'll be able to run the ball on anybody. The plus one run game is one of the biggest advantages you can forge in college football, period. So both Tommy Ma and Sean Jabers, they're also way more proven at the big sky level. So that gives the Bobcats a little bit of an edge. On the other side, though, I saw Vidlak look incredibly good during the Grizz spring game. I was very, very impressed with him. I can see why he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. I can see why the Grizz wanted him bad 
when he was coming out of high school. I can see why he went to the Pac-12 coming out of high school. He's just a really talented guy. He's got great arm talent. He throws receivers open. He gets through it real quick. You can tell he processes it really fast. We had him on this show before, and I thought he was a very smart kid as well. I know he's he's pretty mature. He's married. So we'll see. I don't know what his le- – it remains to be seen what his leadership skills are like. It's always tough as a transfer coming in and trying to lead a locker room especially in a defensive-oriented program like the Grizz. But I do think Bidlack's got the moxie and the makeup to do it. We know Tommy Malott's a great leader. We know Sean Chambers is a great leader. So the proven element of this comparison, the Bobcats have the edge. If the Grizz lean on Bidlack like I think they should, then the Grizz pull a little bit more even. So we're just going coin flip off the bat here uh, with quarterback. I, I more had it just TBD. I think as of here and now, the Cats have the edge, but in the ultimate future, who knows? It might be the Grizz, and if it is the Grizz, I think if Vidlak is the guy that that, uh, they lean on to help them win games, that could be a huge shift in the identity of their program, and I think the shift that they need it to make. So TBD with the quarterback. So 0-0 right now. Running backs. Kagan Williams is expected to be the starter, even though he's never played a snap at Montana State. He's a former San Diego State transfer Talented guy, dual threat, catch the ball in the backfield, really good in the open field, but he's got to prove he can stay on the field. Lane Sumner has been, you know, 150 yards and a bag of chips every time he's healthy. The kid is unbelievable. If you listen to this show, you know I think that the muscle hamster from Huntley Project is one of the best guys going in the Big Sky Conference. The problem is he's only played half the season for the last couple of years. He's had such a hard time staying healthy. But that's why I think Montana State has the edge at running back. Because I just named their top two guys, and they still have Elijah Elliott, Jared White, and Garrett Kuhn, who have all rushed for over 100 yards in FCS games as the third, fourth, and fifth guys in the offense. And sometimes when Isaiah Fonse was healthy, the sixth guys. The Cats also have made the full decision to convert Marquis Johnson to, um, to running back. He's a wide receiver. Uh, when he first made the, the switch... Just vaguely last year, he was the National Player of the Week. Rushed for over 250 yards against Cal Poly. Now, I know Cal Poly was Swiss cheese defense at best, but uh, Marky Johnson's got some juice as well. I think the Grizz have great talent at running back, too. I think Xavier Harris is a special player. I think Nick Osmo is a solid big sky guy. I think Eli Gilman has a bunch of upside. I think Isaiah Childs is pretty solid as well. So the Grizz are by no means slouches at running back. That's not a, a weakness of their team whatsoever. But I think just the embarrassment of riches at running back that Montana State has, plus their priority on running the ball, I'm giving the edge to the Cats. So we got one for the Cats and none for the Grizz. Nuance now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm going to be keeping my one eye on uh, the the lobby here because if Jaden Green gets here, we might take a pause in this exercise and return to it in hour number two since we do have some fluidity in hour number two. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And if you're wondering, if you're watching on TV or on the app and you're wondering who the hell I'm looking for out here, (laughs) that's who. But we'll keep on rolling for right now. Uh, Wide receiver, I think, again, this all comes down to if what I thought I saw in the Grizz spring game is exactly what I saw, and that is a more diverse matchup style of offensive play calling. If that's the case, then I think the Grizz have a chance to be absolutely dynamite offensively because I think guys like Junior Bergen 
Aaron Fonts, and Keelan White are all guys that should be elite-level playmakers in a true spread offense at the Big Sky Conference level. I thought that it was a crime, honestly, that Junior Bergen got 19 catches last year, that Aaron Fonts was you know, not a not a six or seven or eight catch a, a game guy. So if they utilize those guys more, I'm saying big-time edge at wide receiver for the Cats. I think that Bergen and Fonts are both first-team all-conference caliber talents. Uh, excuse me, for the Grizz. I think that those two guys, first-team all-conference caliber talents and uh, should be, if used correctly, all Big Sky receivers. I also think Keelan White has a chance to be a, a good to great receiver uh, in the Big Sky as well. The Cats do have... A couple guys that I think have some real upside. I was really impressed with Junior Alexander, the former four-star recruit who started his career at Washington. If he can truly acclimate to playing in the slot as well as block out of the slot in the Bobcat spread option offense, that's big time for for Montana State. Uh, so that he's a sort of TBD. They also brought in Ty McCullough, who's a transfer wide receiver from Colorado State. But he was out, so I didn't get a chance to get eyes on him. And Taco Dowler is also a big-time playmaker, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year out of Billings West High School. But he was out during the spring game, and there's rumblings that he has a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out uh, for the foreseeable future. So I'm giving the edge, wide receivers-wise, to uh, Montana. So now we're back even, one-to-one. Tight ends. Breaking down the position groups for the Cats and the Grizz, comparing and contrasting. Derek Snell was a first-team all-conference guy last year. And Trayton Pickering, even though he's the number two tight end at Montana State, he actually might be one of the sneaky NFL prospects in the entire Big Sky Conference. I think he's got tremendous athletic upside, a phenomenal frame. He's already 6'4", 250 pounds, and he could get a lot bigger. Now, he's got a long ways to go before he's a true pro- NFL prospect, but he's just he's got the build. When you see him in person, you can, you can tell that. Montana, Cole Grossman, is a superb athlete and a guy that if you can get him in one-on-one situations, he should absolutely dominate the league. Everything I just said about Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts, if you utilize Cole Grossman correctly, there shouldn't be any way that the other teams should guard him. He should have 100 yards every time. I know that's unrealistic expectations, but Grossman should be getting the ball a bunch, six to eight touches every single game. Bobby Houck's also been very high on Eric Barker, the other t- the uh, number two tight end for Montana. And so while you know, I think that these there's there's so many different types of tight ends in college football. Derek Snell's like your your FY type tight end, right? Like he he can play a little H back, he can play a little split side. He can play in line. He can play in motion. You can bring him across the formation. You can line him up in the backfield. He's like your perfect spread option offense tight end. So his versatility is big time for Montana State's offense. Pickering, more of a traditional in line, hand in the dirt, knock you off the ball type guy. Grossman is more like that slot tight end. He's like a true Y. So I think each one of those guys fits a different mold. So while Snell is the most accomplished and decorated as a first-team All-League guy. I think part of the reason Grossman hasn't ever been more than honorable mention All-League is because they just haven't used him like they should. Like, this guy's got to have 50, 60 catches this next year, at least. <laughs> it's like Brooks Nuan is one of my uh, partners at Skyline, or my partner and my brother at Skyline Sports, as well as one of our contributors on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. Like he always says, <laughs> let's rename this podcast, throw the ball to the damn tight end. 
it's it's revolutionized the NFL, the priority on that exact element. And if you do it in college football, it can absolutely get you a long ways. And so I think Grossman, he would be, he would have a chance to be at least as decorated as Snell if he would have been utilized correctly. So although Snell is really good, I think Pickering is a sneaky guy that might be a pro someday. I think Grossman's outstanding as well. I think Barker's really solid. So we're going push uh, at tight end as well. Noah is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I see my guy, Jaden Green, University of Montana Track and Field, just walked in the studio. So we'll take a break from this, and we'll come back to it in hour number two. We got the skill guys out of the way on offense. We'll give you the linemen, the linebackers, the safeties, and the specialists in hour number two, a continuation of our Big Sky Conference and in-state Cat Grizz spring ball coverage. But for now, we'll step outside football and step onto the track. Jaden Green joins us live in studio next. Grizz track coming at you. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas here coming to you from the ESPN MT studio on behalf of ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. We're here with one of our best sponsors, one of our best partners here at Blackfoot Communications. This is a fun one for me, though, because this is like full circle. This is this is life coming full circle for us. We're here with Judy Gear. I actually knew Judy as just a baseball mom and one of the moms of my buddies growing up when we were little kids. Judy is the channel development manager at Blackfoot Communications. How long have you been there at Blackfoot? Just about nine years. Well, so tell people just about that role. I mean, what is it that you do there at Blackfoot? At Blackfoot, we have certified channel partners uh, who sell Blackfoot services on behalf of Blackfoot. So they own their own companies. They're a local or a regional provider, and they work with Blackfoot to sell our services to their clients. So it really expands Blackfoot's reach in the area. What's your favorite part about this role they have there at Blackfoot? It's the relationships. Blackfoot people, and I know that we talk about our culture and we talk about our people, and they are just the best of the best. And I would say that our partners are that as well. They own their own companies, they have their own staff, but I'm the conduit for them within Blackfoot. So it's a real unique role. I work with other people and other companies and other businesses on behalf of Blackfoot. Well, Blackfoot's so great at helping all sorts of different businesses grow. They've helped us here at ESPN Radio and at Skyline Sports grow so much, and it's uh, it's been a great collaboration. So if you want to find out how Blackfoot can help you, visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I was feeling very nostalgic today because uh, we were – Going through the history of the last time the Class AA State Basketball Tournament was in Missoula, I thought I had this right, and I was right. It was when I was a junior in high school, and that was 20 years ago. So it's coming back next spring. Uh, That's interesting. So then I started listening while I was making the show. I started listening to some of the music I was listening to in high school. So sorry about it, but we're going to be listening to a lot of, like, ska-type punk music today. That's just the way it goes. It, welcome inside uh, the mind of a crazy person. Welcome back to what is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Time now for our River City Runners, where we highlight some of the best track and field performances on all levels of track and field, not only here in Missoula, but from around the entire Treasure State. It's fun. In studio, 
for the first time. Jaden Green joins us. He is a junior slash senior. We're still trying to figure out the eligibility for all these college guys, but uh, a young man who's having an outstanding year so far uh, during the outdoor season, which comes on the heels of an outstanding year during the indoor season this last winter as well. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, first of all, let's let's start at the very beginning. I requested you to be on here because you got another school record, so this is cool. Last week, uh, which by the way, I felt bad for you guys because you had you, you spend the whole indoor mm-hmm. having to go everywhere else, and then you get to actually host some meets here during the outdoor. And then it's just awful weather for the first <laughs> yeah. couple. Uh, but this last week it was at least kind of okay, and uh, you guys took advantage of it, including yourself. Fourteen point two three seconds in the one ten hurdles, pretty mm-hmm. good. So just take us through it. I mean, obviously that's something you've been working towards. What led to the, the great time? the school record yeah uh, coming into this year uh the 1424 which was the school record previously wasn't entirely my goal honestly i i had set my goal way higher than that to break 14 seconds so that's kind of what i've been working for this whole year and just kind of the work has gotten me to where i am now so working towards that 14 second barrier just kind of got me to a comfortable place where i'm able to hit these times like time after time again we went to california last week and hit some pretty consistent times there. So I kind of just wanted to go out and have a clean race. So toned it back a little bit on the intensity and just try to clean up my race a little bit. I haven't had a clean race all year. So that was more what I was focused on and it ended up being a good time. So I was happy for that. When you're making the goal in your head and you're thinking, okay, 14 seconds, that's kind of like where you need to be to be on the podium and, and compete in the big sky. Is that, is that kind of the entry point to why you wanted to break that 14 second yeah. mark? And I think just like every hurdler's goal for, in general is just right. break the 14 second barrier. That's totally. Like the big wall you got to jump over. So for my whole life, I mean, I've been hurdling for 12 years now, and that's always been a goal of mine. So still chasing it from when I was a little kid. Montana has a great track and field tradition in a variety of different events. But hurdles is one place where Montana, especially on the men's side, maybe hasn't had as many premier athletes. So this is kind of cool that you're kind of reblazing a trail. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of that element? You must be pretty proud that you're kind of you know setting the. I mean, because you had the indoor record this year as well. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. And I mean, coming in here as a freshman, I was seeing the the school records and being like, wow, that's that's really what it is. And they were so old, like the right. one, well, the one ten record was from 1970. I was gonna say, I mean, this is yeah. going back to like so. I remember when they celebrated the 50th anniversary of that 1970 team that won the. The Big Sky title. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these, these records are going back to like the very beginning of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. So it's it's exciting just to get them to a place I feel like it's representative of, of our level of talent at our at our school. And I'm, I'm glad to be the person to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a little shocking for me that that's what our records were. T- taking nothing away from those people. No, they're, totally. They're great people, great times still. But at a D1 level, I just feel like the level of competition is raised, especially in track the last couple of years. So being able to get our school records to an area where we can at least compete with other schools is such an honor. Jaden Green in studio with us here on Nuana's now outstanding hurdler at the University of Montana. Uh, hails from Boise, Idaho. So tell us about your path here. What, what led you uh, to the Grizz? How, how'd you end up in Missoula? Yeah, so funny story, actually. Both of my parents were uh, Bobcats. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't say that too often, but my, <laughs> my mom's from uh, Belgrade, so she was there oh, her nice. whole life, and my dad played basketball there. So grew up a Bobcat fan, which is a little bitter now. But, um, yeah, just kind of everything fell in favor. Uh, got into contact with both coaches at UM and MSU, and I kind of just fell in love with Missoula more than Bozeman needed a change of pace and the people in Missoula were just so awesome. I, I knew it was the place for me and um, I got a big background in like wildlife biology stuff and oh, nice. the UM program was just 
such a good fit for me that ended up just working out and I've fell in love with it ever since. So is that what you're going to school for then? Yeah, so I graduated last year with my bachelor's oh, very, very in cool. wildlife biology. So well, I mean, it's one of the yeah. premier wildlife biology programs in the country. So that's, I mean, that's a yeah. great fit. That's yeah. cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just as proud as that as all my athletic achievements uh, and especially like the way I've been able to combine that and, and my athletic career has, has been awesome. So are you uh, are pursuing a graduate degree now then? I'm actually doing a second uh, bachelor's oh, cool. degree in journalism this year. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Here you are hanging out with a bunch of journalists. Exactly. This has been really fun. Uh, yeah, nice. Cool, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to stay in touch then for sure. Um, tell us about this, the University of Montana track and field program. It's been, it's been interesting to watch because you've had all this stability at some of these programs in the league, especially Montana State, Northern Arizona. And the Grizz had a lot of instability for a little while. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like there's getting some stability. And it seems yeah. like Coach Fraley's doing a good job of of raising everybody's levels. And you can see that in all the marks. And, mm-hmm. and we've loved getting to know him because I think he does have a great vision for the program. So uh, from an athlete perspective, how have you noticed it, it change under new leadership? Yeah, Fraley is such a great guy, just first and foremost. But coming from a fifth year who's been here for – well, five years. I've had a different coaching staff every single year, which has been incredible, both in terms of like having such a difference of uh, opinions and viewpoints has been super nice. But also just I feel like I've been on like five different programs um, since the time I've been here. My freshman year, I came in with uh, Brian Schwain. He was a great guy and we had a phenomenal coaching staff. But uh, COVID happened that so- our sophomore year um, and just kind of tore everything apart. So it kind of feels like we've been in like the rebuilding stage the last couple of years, but Doug came in this year and really, really whipped us into shape. And it's, it's been so awesome. We've been more organized, more, more, uh, together than, than we ever have. And it's been super nice. And how about your hurdles coach? I've known Lindsay since Lindsay Hall is the hurdles coach at Montana. And I've known her, she's the exact same age as my little brother. So I watched her compete in all the sports growing up. I still think that her, uh, performance at the state track me. I can't remember if it was her junior or senior year when she won five events and basically one state for Big Sky was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen at the high school level. Uh, but I mean, one of the all time greatest multi athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. So that must carry a little weight when she's coaching you. Yeah, she she definitely has her accolades, and I mean, she she kind of stressed her stuff a little bit. Every, every once in a while, she'll she'll go out and show us some drills, and still show us she's she still got it. So it's, <laughs> it's awesome to have her around, and she has so much knowledge in so many different events, which honestly is just so helpful for that one event. Like the more things you know, the more easily applicable you can change and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, she's been she's been an awesome addition to our to our team, and I mean all the athletes love her. She's been such a and it's it's nice that she's closer to our age. Sure, she's, right. She's not so far apart, so she can she can kind of relate. She was in in college not too long ago, so totally. she definitely just relates to us super good, and um, yeah, takes everything into account, which is awesome. I'm, I'm looking at Lindsey Hall's bio. It's Nuana's now on ESPN Radio. Jaden Green joining us from the University of Montana track team. How about seven Big Sky Conference individual titles, 20-time All-Big Sky performer, Bernard Good, got on the podium 20 times during a Big Sky Conference career, six different school records, four regional appearances, and two national championship appearances, uh, one of the best to ever do it uh, at Montana. So you, you got the school record, but it sounds like you have bigger aspirations then. Yeah. Uh, so how do you keep pushing yourself forward here the, the rest of the season? I think just adding on little pieces. This this year I think I've done something different 
but well in every race. And it's kind of just putting all those things together. Like high-end hurdles is so difficult because you're running at such high speeds and there's such a little margin for error. For sure. You really got to get like every aspect uh, correct. So even this last weekend, I was just focusing on getting that rhythm down. Um, now we're focused on, I got the rhythm, so now I got to get some speed behind it. Now I got some speed behind it. I got to get a little more control over those hurdles. So it's kind of just added on little little bit pieces at, at a time. And uh, hopefully the, the time comes down with it. But honestly, just every day I go into practice, I try to improve on something. I think that's the biggest thing that I've changed from my freshman year to now is just trying to get something out of everything, which has has proven me pretty good and gotten me to this point. One of the reasons I love track and field is, is just the little details that go into each of the events and hurdles is its own monster, especially especially the sprint hurdles, right? Yeah. Especially the one tens or the sixties indoor, because if you mess up mentally, you might be the number one seed in the entire conference and you might just get dead last. Yeah. You know, or yeah. or you might run the best race of your life and blow people out of the wild that you weren't ever supposed to beat. So mm-hmm. How do you get yourself ready to, I mean, it's 15 seconds or less, no matter what. How do you get yourself yeah. ready to to perform at your best for that split second in, uh, in time? I think for me personally, it's kind of just uh, recognizing what can go wrong and also recognizing what can go right. You kind of got to think through um, all the levels of like this can happen, this can happen, this can happen. And once you recognize all those, you're not really scared of it anymore. And you kind of just got to go at it with a clear head like, we've been practicing this if you if you break it down we practice for like 100 hours for like 15 seconds of racing (laughs) right so the ratio is just so far off you got to have trust in that and kind of just go in it with a clear mind like all the work i've put in has gotten me to this point so i kind of just got to trust it and run at those hurdles with a clear mind it's kind of how i go about it couple weeks left of the outdoor season regular season um so are you going to Pokey this next weekend then? Yeah, we're going to Pokey. So Bengal Invitational in Pocatello, Idaho this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday. They got the Tom Gage Classic on Saturday, May 6th in Bozeman. And then, boom, uh, Big Sky Championships in Greeley, Colorado, May 10th through the 13th. Jane Green joining us in studio here on ESPN Radio. What are the goals then for the, the rest of the year? How do you hope to sort of continue this upward momentum into conference yeah i mean honestly just kind of keep improving on the little things keep getting that time down uh i think i'm on a i'm on a good trajectory right now um but kind of just keep improving those little things just keeping focus keeping focus on that end goal it's such a long season it's it's hard to stay motivated through the whole thing so coming these last few weeks just staying staying in my staying in my own lane focusing on what i gotta do and and getting it done how do you sort of fit those those individual goals within the scope of the team then, too? I mean, what are your aspirations for this team as you head to the outdoors? I mean, honestly, our team has already exceeded my expectations. Coming, yeah. in, coming into this year, outdoor, we were the Big Sky Poles ranked us, I think, ninth going into this season, um, and MSU was second. And then right. our duel against them, we ended up beating them. So First time in 10-plus years, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that was huge for us, such a big win. And honestly, it just kind of gave us a confidence boost of, we, we can compete with these guys. It's it's a little disheartening seeing your team like projected to score so low when you know you have such high-caliber athletes, um, but they just don't see what we see. They don't see how much time and effort we put into it and like all the little injuries we have that people deal with. But, I mean, if, if we are healthy, I think we can compete with any team out there, which is really exciting because there's not too many years I've been able to say that. But definitely Coach Fraley has helped a lot, but just – 
the mentality we have as a team has been so strong, especially these last couple of weeks of indoor and outdoor. Just everybody's performances are ramping up, and we're kind of just like snowballing off each other, which is really nice. Well, very cool. We're happy to have you here, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch down the road. But uh, best of luck with the rest of the year, man. Thanks Thank for coming you. I in. I appreciate it. I Thank you for J- having me. Jaden Green, University of Montana track and field team here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. A couple regular season meets left, and then we got Big Sky Championships coming up in mid-May. So we'll keep you apprised of all the happenings. But uh, pretty fun to have a school record holder in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. Treasure State Stars coming at you. Some of the best individual performances. I'll give you a tease. Here's a spoiler alert. He was one of them this week, so we'll get that one out of the way. We also got a couple great performances from a couple javelin throwers from the University of Montana. We also have, though, number one time in the nation for a young man at Montana State in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. That and much more in our Treasure State Stars. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. I just love, <laughs> such a funny thing to love, but I love punk versions of pop songs. You'll see what I mean by the time the end of the show comes around. Thanks so much for joining us. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. You don't like Madonna? We'll just have Rufio do Madonna. Maybe you like her more. I don't know. It's one of my favorite deals. And uh, Maybe you didn't know this about me because we play a ton of hip-hop, a ton of rock, a ton of alternative, a ton of classic rock. We play country. We hardly ever play punk. I love punk music. I used to listen to punk music harder than any other genre of music when I was in high school. Part of that is because I played the saxophone. And so I used to play in some jazz bands. And, you know, it's funny. Encourage your kids to be in a lot of stuff. I promise you. The specialization thing, it ain't it. Doing a bunch of stuff is so great. I'm so happy my parents told me to just, you know, try everything out and encourage me to do everything. And, you know, sure, I was the only guy playing in the marching band and also on varsity for the football game. But whatever. I had friends from all different sectors of life. And it made me, it turned me into a great journalist, which then here I am sitting on the radio talking with you. And now, you know, I love some punk music, especially cover songs of pop songs couple things for you here on your Tuesday. First of all, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tag Tuesday. Tagliari Deli. They got not one but two locations now. They got the OG location there, the corner of Higgins and Beckwith. They also have a new location in the Sawmill District on Wyoming Street, right in the first floor of the new Cognizant Building there in the Sawmill District, right by the Missoula Paddleheads Field. So uh, here's what you, you need to do if you want tag in your life, especially now that the weather's getting nicer. You just go online and order it. They'll have it ready for you. And then you just go pick it up. And it'll just be right there in the cooler. You already had it paid for. Boom. Pick it up. There's your sandwiches. If you go to the, the uh, Sawmill District one, great. You can walk around, walk right down there by the river. There's a park right there. You go to the one on Beckwith and Higgins. Boom. There you go. Go down over to Bonner Park. Have yourself a sandwich in the park. It sounds awesome. Here's the one thing you got to do, though. You have to remember 
which one you ordered it from. If you ordered it from Beckwith, go to Beckwith and get it. If you ordered it from Wyoming, go to Wyoming and get it. That, you just got to remember which one you ordered it from. So you go to the right one and they have your sandwiches ready for you. We are going to hook you up right now with Tagliari. You got a $25 gift card for you to tag. Call right now. Caller number 2-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call it right now. Every Tuesday, Tag Tuesday. Thanks so much to Tag Larry Deli. Congratulations on opening up a second location, the best sandwiches in Missoula. Time now for our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State star number one. I think he's in the running for, or maybe even just the consensus, top recipient of Treasure State Stars accolades. It's because the kid has been, I think, the Big Sky Track and Field Athlete of the Week a million times. Duncan Hamilton, Montana State. He ran the fastest steeplechase time in the United States of America over the weekend. Uh, He did it at the Eastern Kentucky Twilight Invite. Eight minutes, 25.17 seconds. Fastest time in collegiate track in the 3K steeplechase this year. I've already talked about him this week already. I'm out of stuff to say about the kid other than I just hope you recognize that we have a truly world-class distance runner just absolutely uh, doing his thing over there at Montana State. And it's going to be sad when his career at MSU is over. But I I tell you this, the kid's going to run for as long as he wants to run because he is truly, especially in that 3,000-meter steeplechase, he is truly one of the great uh, steeplechase runners in the world. And it's pretty cool to watch. Number two, Jaden Green. We just heard from him uh, last segment. He's a hurdler from the University of Montana track and field team. A school record in the 110 hurdles, 14.23 seconds. But as you heard him say there, uh, aspirations for more. Treasure State star number three. How about a pair of javelin throwers from the Grizz track team? Evan Todd, who's a Kalispell Glacier product, and Matthew Hockett, who hails from Washington State. After last weekend... They rank one and two in the Big Sky Conference in the javelin, so pretty salty for the Grizz javelin throwers so far. Todd's top throw of 226 feet and change is number one, and Hockett busted a big one, 217 feet and change this last weekend. So when you look at the Big Sky rankings, one-two for Montana, pretty darn good. Should I say star number four? How about just the city of Missoula getting the Class AA state basketball tournament for the first time in a long time? It's not going to be until next March, but the news came down yesterday. First time Missoula has hosted the AA boys tournament in 20 years, and it's the first time that I could find on record that it's hosted the girls AA tournament ever. The records only go back on the MHSA website from 2000 on, but I couldn't find any record of Missoula hosting the AA Girls Tournament. And uh, this will be the first time ever Missoula has hosted dual state tournaments. For a long time, the state tournaments would be in two different locations. Boys AA would be one place, girls AA would be another place. Now they're in the same location. It's supposed to be the first time ever that Missoula has hosted that next spring. So uh, we'll, we'll take a break from talking about that. I know it's 11 months away. So like, Coulter, why are you so excited about this? I think it's a big deal for Missoula, and so um, I I promise you we're not going to just gloat over Missoula landing this tournament forever, but I I do think it's worth mentioning today as the news is fresh. Treasure State star number five, Travis Rao. He is the head coach at Townsend, or he was for the last 21 years at least, 
Now he's the new head football coach in Laurel. Rouse been outstanding at Townsend, 123 and 67 is his record. Led the Bulldogs to the 2014 State B title. Jace Lewis was a key cog on that team before becoming an All-American at the University of Montana. And uh, Townsend's always competitive. The Bulldogs have always been tough. They've had a lot of great runs in the Class B playoffs in recent years. Rouse takes over for Mike Ludwig, who was also great at Laurel. Uh, he led Laurel for 21 years, won the state title in 2002 and in 2020. So um, one accomplished coach in the Class B ranks, takes over for another one in the Class A ranks, and now Travis Rao will try his hand as the head coach at Laurel High School. Treasure State start number six. And we'll do a more extrapolated segment about this because I think it's a fun award every year. But your finalists for the uh, Little Sullivan Award are out. The Little Sullivan Award is given to the uh, top male and top female amateur athlete in the state of Montana uh, each year. So here are your finalists uh, for this year's Little Sullivan Award. On the uh, male side, of course, we already just talked about him. Doug and Hamilton... Montana State Distance running aficionado. Robbie Houck, a multiple-time All-American for the Grizz football team. Patrick O'Connell, who is a um, NFL draft hopeful with the NFL draft starting here uh, in just a couple days. And Jacob Morgan. Jacob Morgan uh, attended Billings Central and collected 95 wins during his prep wrestling career before then joining the University of Mary. While wrestling for the Marooners, uh, Morgan became a four-time academic all-conference honoree and also won the prestigious Miles Brand All-Academic Distinction Award. Uh, he's he's one of the great student athletes that we've seen, and uh, he also um, was a great wrestler there at the University of Mary as well. On the women's side for the Little Sullivan Award, your finalists are Cola Badbear, a phenomenal basketball player at Montana State, but also a phenomenal advocate for her uh, Native American heritage, became the spokesperson for missing and murdered indigenous women, and uh, had a bunch of fundraisers around that. Did a great job doing that, a Billings native who um, just finished her outstanding college basketball career at Montana State. The other women's finalists, Ayla Embry, who uh, was a Bozeman High School standout who then became a star volleyball player at Rocky Mountain College. She was named multiple times All-American and multiple times NAIA National Defender of the Week. Brittany Fisher is uh, the third finalist. She is a softball standout, prepped at Billings Senior, and then went to MSU Billings. She was a uh, multiple-time All-American there and belted a School record, 41 home runs, which is the third most ever in Great Northwest Athletic Conference history. That's for a career. 41 in a season would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then the fourth finalist, Sophia Stiles, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, times two out of Malta, Montana, played for Lady Grizz for four years, and this recently finished up her college basketball career at Florida Gulf Coast and even got herself a little NCAA tournament victory as well. Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Treasure State Stars, great place to get a loan in western Montana. 
Because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. More position-by-position comparisons between the Cats and the Grizz on the football field. Stupid NFL questions, or rather, bold NFL predictions, most of which I think are stupid. And some NBA, a jam-packed but very fun hour number two coming at you. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanez Now archived as well on the Nuanez Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. 